0: hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of timeout with tim now this is a podcast that i'm starting i'm going to discuss in this episode what this podcast is what you can expect from it some of the topics i want to talk about on this podcast why I'm starting it, and then give you guys a little bit of a background into myself. So how am I actually sitting here today? How do I run my YouTube channel, be a full-time student, and am now starting this podcast as well? And yeah, just talk a little bit more about my life and my lifestyle and kind of my perspectives on different things. I know that a lot of you are more interested in not just the programming and tech side of things, but also my perspective on some other areas of life and work ethic and all that. And hopefully throughout this podcast, I'll be able to share some of that with you. So that leads me into what this podcast is really about. So obviously I've called this timeout with Tim and kind of the reasoning behind that is I want this to be a timeout for people. So literally an a opportunity to kind of relax, take a step back, listen into a podcast and hear some different perspectives on some current issues as well as just programming and technology. So obviously if you guys know me, if you follow me whatsoever on any social medias or YouTube or whatever, then you know that I'm highly technical in programming and tech. So you'd expect that that's what this podcast is going to be about and that is what i'm probably going to be talking about most times on here but i also really do want to branch out into some other topics as well talk about some things that are happening in the world right now wouldn't mind discussing some of the impacts of this covid 19 and i would also really like to talk to some people in some different fields and see how technology is affecting them and just get some different perspectives from all over the place i find it extremely valuable to talk to people with different opinions in different fields and kind of just hear about what they're going through in their I don't know perspective on life and so that way if we hear all these different perspectives we can kind of take that in analyze them and decide for ourselves what we want to think about so I'm definitely open to having all different kinds of conversations don't be kind of surprised if you see some guests on here that maybe aren't in the tech and programming field and I would encourage you to listen in to those ones specifically because I would say that those would probably be a little bit more interesting or just different from what you may typically hear. So the reason well i mean that is kind of the reason i wanted to start this podcast is just to have some interesting and captivating conversations and i know a lot of you guys that follow me on social media ask me all kinds of questions that aren't related to programming and aren't related to tech and i figured this would be a good opportunity to give you guys a little bit of an insight into my life and just hear kind of my perspectives and opinions on different issues so although this is a solo podcast for this first episode i am planning on having guests on this pretty much every other episode today's kind of objective was just to give a brief introduction talk about what you can expect from this podcast, what I want to do, kind of the goals for it, and then again give you more insight into me. So what I'm going to kind of run into now is just a story on Tim, pretty much how did I get to where I am today, how did I get into programming technology, how did I start running this Tech with Tim YouTube channel, you know, how is computer science, and just some more background and hopefully answer a lot of questions that I get asked all the time. So I'll start by saying that I am 19. I think a lot of you guys know that if you follow me um, on my Tech with Tim YouTube channel. And I am a full-time computer science student. So I'm actually enrolled in CS at the University of Ottawa. So that's in Canada, in Ontario, it's the nation's capital. And this is now the end of my second year. So I'm just in exams right now. Those are going to be finishing, I believe, April 22nd, April 23rd. And then after that, I'm actually going to be joining Microsoft as a software engineering intern. So that should hopefully make some good content for this podcast as well. I'm expecting that I'm going to learn a lot, even though I am likely going to be doing this internship remotely, not in person as I was supposed to be doing because of this whole COVID crisis. I'm hoping that's going to give me a lot of content, some more expertise and just some things to talk about in terms of the difference between actually being in the workforce and applying these skills rather than just learning them on their own on your own, because this is going to be my first official programming work term. So other than that, I think what I'm going to do now is just go into that kind of story of how I really got to where I am today. And I'm going to start right from the beginning as when I was a kid. So when I was about 10 or 11 years old is when I really started getting into tech and programming, and that kind of stemmed from the idea that I was always just very interested in how things worked, how things operated, why things worked the way they did, and, you know, how to recreate some of those things. So technology was always extremely fascinating to me. I mean, even 10 years ago, we didn't have so much of the tech we had today, and I still found even some of those more basic technology things uh, very interesting. So I was interested in how they worked, why they worked, and that really led me to, to explore, you know, kind of the tech field. So my parents were slightly into tech. My dad is in somewhat of a tech field, but not enough to really, you know, kind of give me too much advice or, uh, you know, direction on what to learn when it came to programming. So I was pretty much on my own in terms of picking what I was going to learn, how I was going to learn it, and then applying my own skills. So I really started programming when I was probably 11 or 12. It's hard to remember the exact age. Just going online, I was looking up something like how to code or just some random tech thing. And I found this video from the new Boston that was introducing HTML. Now, I didn't even know what HTML stood for. I had no idea what it was. I'd never wrote any kind of code before other than maybe some like really basic copy and paste scripts that I used to have in, uh, in elementary school that I would throw on the, uh, school computers there. But I was just so fascinated immediately by what you could do by just writing in a text editor and running that HTML file. And I noticed that I was just so blown away by what I could create, even only knowing some basic HTML tags, it was just so fascinating that I could sit at a computer, you know, type a few lines of code and see this output and see something that I created completely by myself showing up on the computer and that really kind of took me in and just made me obsessed with programming as a young kid so I was not never very good when I was like 12 13 years old but I was just constantly learning and I would spend most of my free time pretty much learning how to program and for me back then programming was just HTML it was literally just writing HTML code it took me quite a while to really get into it and understand what was happening again I have hardly any math background I'm like 12 years old I don't know anything about coding I'm not even that good at typing and I'm just pretty much teaching this to myself in my bedroom, in my spare time. So I really fell in love with it. And then I started moving on to some more advanced aspects. So, like CSS, styling your HTML code, and then finally moving into JavaScript. Now, JavaScript was a big change for me. When I saw that, it really just show me the other side of coding because all I had done my first you know, six months or a year was just learn HTML, which is just this markup language it's just styling, you're making web pages and that's pretty much all you were doing as soon as I started messing with JavaScript I realized this, this is like kind of what's behind the scenes and operating the web page and that to me was way more fascinating I was always more interested in the logic side and kind of the back end programming as opposed to the front end and design and very quickly i learned that what i didn't want to do was design web pages i would like to do the back end work so you know validating forms popping up messages you know generating random numbers just stupid things like that i would do with javascript and my html uh, knowledge allowed me to make those kind of interactive pages now as i got more advanced and learned more javascript and html i was fairly confident in my ability to write in those languages and what I wanted to do is kind of branch into some other things. So I decided to learn PHP in the hopes of actually making a full stack website. Now, obviously that really didn't go that well for me, 13 or 14, but I learned PHP. I understood how that worked and I was using that in combination with JavaScript, HTML and CSS. And then I don't know exactly what happened or the time frame on this, but I slowly kind of moved away from wanting to do web development. And after learning these two more back end languages, decided that I wanted to try something new. So off a recommendation from someone, I can't remember exactly who or when this was, I decided to start learning C-sharp. So again, this is probably when I'm 13, 14 years old, somewhere around that time frame. So maybe grade eight, just going into grade nine. And I decided to pick up C-sharp. Now, if anyone's used C-sharp before, you've compared to some other languages, you know this is a much more difficult language to pick up as a beginner, especially for someone that might have a little bit of programming knowledge, but has never programmed in an object oriented style before, doesn't understand what classes, methods, objects are, so learning that language was definitely, you know, struggle. I definitely struggled learning that language. I had to rewatch videos many time, uh, many times. It wasn't like I was just this coding prodigy when I was younger, which I think a lot of people get the impression of on my YouTube channel from what I do now. And I want to make that really clear that I worked very hard when I was younger to really get into these programming languages. And that's why I'm at the level I am today, because when I was 12, I was putting in the hours that people don't start putting in until they're 18 or 19. And there's really no way to replicate that, right? There's no way to get back that lost time as a child, and I wouldn't expect everyone to be learning programming at that age or even be interested in it but that's what I liked doing and that was kind of my, my hobby I would say it was a little bit of a passion a little bit of hobby just a combination of the two so anyways back to learning C sharp so I moved into C sharp and I found C sharp immediately way more interesting than any of the web languages I had learned just a lot of things I could do the programs I was creating I was much more interested in these back end kind of things in terms of like okay let's figure out the logic for this program let's solve problems and that's what i've always been really interested in and that's why i've been pretty decent at math physics throughout all of elementary school all of high school Uh, i just really like solving problems and programming was the ultimate problem it was something that i didn't already know how to do it was something that was challenging it was something that made me think and i think that's something that i see a lot nowadays is people no longer think don't like to think I mean kids especially I worked as a summer camp counselor and a stem program coordinator which I'm going to talk about in a little bit and I just see so often in the younger generations that people don't like to think and it really kind of surprises me because for me I'm thriving when I'm able to think when I'm able to come up with solutions for me it's super rewarding to sit at a computer for two hours and have this problem and then finally after grinding and making all these mistakes find the solution that to me is the ultimate reward and that's what I really liked doing when I was younger what drove me into programming and why I still do it pretty well every day today so anyways I got better and better at C sharp now I'm maybe 14 I'm pretty decent at C sharp I'm fluent in writing in it no, I'm not doing any crazy object or class design or stuff like that, but I can write some basic programs. I can solve some basic problems. I worked with uh, whatever those forms are that you could use in C I, I. It's been so long since I used the language, I don't remember, but I was making some graphical applications. And then I was moving into high school, and I got into my first ever programming class. So I believe this was grade 10. This was probably, I forget the exact name of the class, but it was like an introduction to programming or like a basic tech class or something like that. And I wanted to write this competition That that teacher was actually hosting So there was a club, it was called uh, CCC I think it's like Canadian Computing competition this is hosted By Waterloo and our school had A club that essentially trained you to be able to Write in that competition Now it wasn't any elite club by any means Like the people in the club were not that Great at programming it was just like Something that people got together after school and just Practice programming problems to compete in This University of Waterloo competition That I think some of you guys may have heard of before and you Probably have heard of the University of Waterloo if you're In computer science or tech or anything like that So essentially I could not write this in C sharp and I realized that. So I went to this meeting, um, you know, I was one of the youngest ones there. Everyone else had some experience programming. I just wrote in C sharp and I felt pretty confident writing in C sharp and they were like, sorry, you can't write in C sharp. It's not one of the available languages. What I would recommend is you learn Python. So because I really wanted to try writing this competition, I was like, you know what? Sure. I'll give it a shot. I'll write in Python. Can't be that hard. I already have all the skills in terms of solving problems in C sharp. So let's just try learning that. So very quickly I learned Python and immediately I kind of fell in love with that language and that's what I still use today. It just made things so much easier, so much faster, there's so many things I no longer needed to write by hand, like even just searching for elements, deleting elements, I'm sure there's ways to do that in C sharp but at least I didn't know about them or they were more difficult in advance than what it was in Python. And I really started getting into Python programming. So I wrote this CCC competition in grade ten or grade nine, something like that. Um, and I actually did quite well. I think for one of the, I was one of the top ones in the school in terms of juniors. And I was, you know, feeling pretty confident. And I really got introduced to Python. Now I had written in it fairly fluently. I was pretty good at Python. So I decided let's keep learning Python. And I kind of steered away from C sharp, although I did code in it a little bit, and spent a lot of my time learning Python. And that really benefited me, especially when I got into the programming class, which was in grade 10 or grade 11, we actually started using Python to program. All right, so about the same time as I was really getting into Python and learning how to code and getting a lot better at programming. So learning object oriented design, you know, learning functions, methods, uh, just some more advanced programming concepts and really taking it to the next level, at least for me when I was like 14 15 moving out of that beginner learning stage into kind of the more intermediate stages where I was learning these more advanced concepts I was actually working as a summer camp counselor now This is at a camp that I've been going to for a very long time I knew a lot of the staff members, um, you know, a lot of them are like considered family or we considered a whole big family, right? and uh, this place was very close to my house I'd worked there already for two years and this summer so when I was probably 15 16 and I'd really start getting into programming The director of the camp kind of said out at one of the meetings hey we're thinking about starting a coding specialty at the summer camp or some kind of tech related side would anybody anybody be interested in running that so being you know really into programming and kind of be being wanting to wanting to move into a more senior role at that camp as I'd already worked there for two years or a year before that I was like sure I would love to run the coding specialty this is what I'm good at I'm good at coding in C sharp I've learned Python I think that we could do a really cool thing and teach Python to kids so I talked to him and I spent probably a week or two really planning out a curriculum for this coding specialty and I got really excited about doing this and just being able to bring this specialty in next year and teach kids how to code and the target audience for this was kids that were probably age 10 to 15. Uh, maybe there's some that are 16. Maybe there's some that was like nine. But it, that was kind of the range that we were targeting. And I needed to develop a curriculum alongside one of my coworkers who was helping me run this, that would be able to effectively teach these kids fundamental programming in Python. Now, that's not an easy thing to do to try to keep kids motivated that are, you know, that age range and teach them how to code. But our curriculum that we came up with was Uh, Pretty robust, I would say it worked for most of the kids And not until the next year I got to start doing that But I'll talk about what I did because of that And that was this YouTube channel, Tech with Tim So because I was building that curriculum And I was getting excited about teaching people how to code I kind of decided that, you know, I want to post some videos on YouTube So I had had a, I don't want to call it YouTube career But an experience on YouTube When I was like 14, 13, posting like Minecraft tutorials Like just, I'd always been interested in posting stuff on YouTube I'd never really taken it seriously It'd just been like random occasions I'd get motivated and post some tutorial video Or post some how to mine Ethereum Because I was into cryptocurrency back in the day and just post these random videos on YouTube. And none of them really did very well. They didn't get many views. So this time I decide, okay, let's delete everything that I have and let's start a little bit of a Python channel. So I want to have some Python tutorials that these kids can watch at home, almost like a supplemental resource. And that way, you know, if they want to go home and learn more Python or they want to watch a video and come back the next day, they can do that. So I got on my crappy like 2013 MacBook Air and started filming screencast videos. just of me teaching Python. So I posted like 22 videos on YouTube or something uh, like a whole beginner series. You guys can go watch them now. I don't know. You'll see the year on that. That should clarify this story because I forget when I posted those. And those were just like really amateur tutorial videos. And I got a lot of very good feedback from them. People that I didn't know were watching them. I uh, just random people would comment on it and say, hey, this was a really good explanation. You did a really good job. And I'd remembered that when I was back in uh, high school, I used to explain a lot of programming concepts to my friends in class. They'd just, you know, we'd have a lecture. I would already know most of the stuff that was being taught because I'd learned it before. My friends would come ask me, hey, do you know what the heck was going on? I'd explain it to them. They're like, wow, you're like really good at explaining things. So I kind of realized that I had, I don't want to call it a gift, but just a knack for teaching. And I just started posting videos on YouTube. So I posted those beginner videos. They did really well. The next year, so between that time and the next year, I kind of randomly posted some YouTube tutorials. I probably had like 30 videos up within a year. It was just sporadic, random. I wasn't really, you know, planning anything. I wasn't focused on making a YouTube channel. This was just something I did when I had some spare time. I kind of liked doing it and I figured the more videos I can put out, the more that these kids I'm going to teach at the summer camp will be able to learn from them. So it wasn't really until the next year That I started teaching this at the summer camp That I started getting on YouTube more So this first year that we rolled this specialty Out at the summer camp, it did very well We ran it for two weeks Um, The two groups of kids that we had were really engaged uh, And we've Successfully taught them the fundamentals of Python they were using if statements they knew about prints They knew about conditionals they knew about um, comparisons and they were creating some pretty advanced games and I was really rewarded and just satisfied to see that after only a few hours of teaching and having these kids sit in the classroom and showing them how to do this they were all really interested and I'd introduce these kids into programming And that was kind of a goal of mine when continuing this YouTube channel was I'm like, I really want to introduce people to programming because even myself, if I had learned that younger, I would be even better than I am today. And I would have had something to do and spend my time doing rather than, you know, playing Fortnite or playing video games or whatever it is that I might have been doing. And that is a huge passion of mine today is trying to expose kids to coding, at least getting them into it earlier. I think it really stimulates them. It's so interesting. So many of them have a natural talent for it, but they just never get exposed. And that's what I was able to do at the summer camp. So it was super rewarding. So anyways, the specialty went very well. Um, It was pretty successful. A lot of the kids were creating cool apps, as I was saying, and this is when I started to post more on YouTube. So I kind of realized that I really do like teaching. Um, You know, it was super rewarding for me to do that kind of 45 minute lecture, And then walk around the classroom after and see the kids actually absorb that information and go in and start creating their own things. And the best thing for me was when kids would like ask questions or when they would figure something out, how excited they would be about that when they're trying to get an if statement to work. And then it doesn't work for 10 minutes. And then I come back and they've solved it. And they're just beaming with joy. To me, that's what I really try to encourage. And I really wanted to get kids to think Because the number one thing that I saw working at the summer camp as a summer camp counselor Was that these younger generations, at least in my eyes, just weren't thinking anymore They didn't have these critical thinking skills I would ask them a question and their immediate response would be, I don't know They wouldn't even take 10 seconds to just think about the problem, try to analyze it Try to figure out what I'm even asking Their just immediate response was to give up And say I don't know And to me I almost took that as a challenge with some kids To make them think To make sure that when they came out of this week They were going to have some kind of critical thinking skills And that they were hopefully going to see a problem And no longer give up immediately But at least give it a chance and try to understand what it was asked And try to solve it Because I saw that a lot of these kids were capable It's just they didn't even want to try And that to me was a challenge It was something that for a lot of kids I think that I successfully helped them overcome And that's why I really, you know Started posting more videos on YouTube So after that I decided, hey, I'm pretty good at teaching A lot of people seem to enjoy what I'm doing It's been successful, it's rewarding for me Let's keep posting some videos So I just very inconsistently Like I've been doing before And this is again when I'm probably 16, 17 posted some youtube videos and i was getting really good feedback people really enjoyed them so i kept posting in my first one or two years of having a youtube channel i probably had like 50 to 100 videos i know it's a broad range but i definitely i couldn't even tell you because it was so inconsistent one week i would post like 25 videos the next week i would post zero and then there'd be three months where i wouldn't post anything and then i'd post a few videos and all this right so it's just very sporadic very random And anyways, the next year at the summer camp, I continued the coding specialty. We bumped it up to four or five weeks. Uh, It was really successful again, and I did that another year as well. But anyways, so that coding specialty happened. And what I'm going to do now is bring us kind of to the end of grade 12 when my channel started getting a little bit of traction and when I was going into first year. So all that stuff happened. You know, I started my YouTube channel is really inconsistent. I had like a few hundred subscribers. I made like a few dollars a month before YouTube had that monetization issue. And literally, I think like five days before YouTube implemented that policy where you needed a certain threshold of subscribers to make money, I hit the threshold. So I hit the 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 watch time hours or whatever it was. I hit it like a few days before and that was a huge motivation to me because I was like, okay, I made it. Like I can make money on YouTube if I want to. Um, I have like a 1,000 subscribers. Like that seems pretty significant. That's more Instagram followers than I had at the time. So I was like, let's start posting a few more videos. And again, this is near like the end of grade 12. So I just continued to post again, kind of sporadically, kind of randomly, but more consistent than I had before. And I started to see some kind of marginal growth in my channel. So getting like one or two subscribers a day, like each month I had like another hundred, 150 subscribers. And it wasn't really until I got into my first year of university that I started actually taking what I'm doing right now seriously. So what happened for me in the first year of university, and I hope some of you can relate to this or m- some of you might, is the first two months. I really spent it like, you know, your typical university kid Like I went out to parties, I went to the bars, I did all that I met a lot of people, um, you know, did the schoolwork, all of that And then I started realizing how much time I was wasting in university And this is just like, I had so much spare time I'm pretty much living alone, my roommate was hardly ever there I didn't know him from beforehand I'd hang out with my friends but they were in a residence that was so far away that I just spent so much time alone in my room just watching YouTube videos or just wasting time like not doing something that I found productive and I just had kind of a change in mindset and I was like hey you know I have this YouTube channel it has like 1500 subscribers I've made like 50 bucks from it and people seem to enjoy my teaching I still get comments every day like asking for more videos Let's go all in on that So this is at the time I probably had like 120 videos, 130 videos, something like that I was like, let's just go in on YouTube Let's have a change of mindset Let's start posting some more videos And so that's what I did So over the course of probably a month I transitioned from not really posting at all Not having a consistent schedule Into saying, this is what I want to do Let's do this So I started waking up at probably 5.30, 6 a.m. every morning That was kind of the time frame that I would get up at just to film YouTube videos and I would spend the first two or three hours every single morning filming working on YouTube working on my website and just trying to grow the channel and also just provide value for me at that point it was like i was making like a few hundred dollars a month I wasn't making very much money this wasn't something I pictured ever growing to what it was today it was just a hobby. It was something that wasn't a waste of my time that I saw could potentially go somewhere. And I was like, let's put my time towards that. You know, there's no bad waste with this. Worst case, I use this as a resume. I say, hey, you want to see what I can do? I have 200 videos on my YouTube channel. You can go check them out, right? So, anyways, as I continued to do that and I consistently posted on YouTube, I just started to see some massive growth, which for me back then was really inspiring. It was like 2,000 subscribers, and I started consistently posting a video every day, maybe two videos a day, just really pushing out stuff. And over the course of a few months, I started growing And I think I hit 5,000 subscribers Probably sometime just before Christmas Uh, And that was a huge milestone to me That was a big number That was like, okay, this is serious Like I have a fair-sized channel Um, You know, this is something I could do So I just continued doing it And I noticed that the growth just exponentially kept going up So throughout Christmas, you know I had all these videos prepared for when I went home I posted again every single day and what I was doing was actually teaching a lot of the stuff That I was learning in class on YouTube And that allowed me to kind of kill two birds with one stone almost Because I'm reinforcing my knowledge Making sure I understand it And then explaining that and teaching that to people online So I continued doing that And then I think it was probably about February of 2019 That I hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube And again, this is after two years of inconsistently Randomly posting videos Having no idea what I was doing really um, And then I started kind of getting in. Getting into it in first year, really picked it up after the first two months, and then by the time it was the next semester, so after the new year, uh, my channel had grown to a fair size, and this was something that I thought I could keep doing. And I was making an okay amount of money for it for a university student. It was you know paying the rent or paying food or covering miscellaneous expenses that I wanted to. And I was like, let's just go ham on this. Let's keep doing it. I've gone too far. I'm not going to give up. And that's what I did. I just consistently kept posting videos on YouTube. And people really like the stuff I just got a lot of great feedback The tutorials were doing awesome And I just enjoyed what I was doing genuinely And that's brought us to where we are today Honestly the last year I put So much work into the channel And what I've done but it's because I enjoy doing it it gives so much value To everyone that listens to it Apparently and it's just something that's Really helped me grow as a person I can't tell you the amount of opportunities that Have opened up to me And the amount of change I've seen just in myself from doing this I think what a lot of people don't talk about With a YouTube channel is how much personal growth You really get from doing it You get to see yourself progress Through the years that you do this YouTube channel You get to see the difference between your first video And your newest video And how much you've learned And how much you've gotten better at communicating And explaining things explaining things and you see the growth just of yourself as an individual and for me learning how to communicate effectively it's always good communicating i never had any issue with that but youtube has helped tremendously like thinking about doing this podcast two years ago would never have been on my mind i never would have thought that i could sit in front of a camera talk to a microphone and you know entertain people for x amount of time right that was not never something i thought about doing but by going through all these youtube videos just just learning how to communicate effectively it's helped me so much and i mean that's allowed me to get the job at microsoft it's allowed me to have all these different opportunities available i talk with people i never could have dreamt of talking to before some of my role models um, as a kid are people that i now work with or that i talk with in the tech space for example someone like sendex um you know he reached out to me on i think it was Discord when I hit 10,000 subscribers to congratulate me and to me that was a huge deal he was someone that I used to watch all of his videos I was really inspired by him he gave me a lot of ideas for stuff to post on my channel Uh, and it's just a great experience and that's kind of brought me to where I am today this Tech with Tim YouTube channel that's kind of my journey now obviously there's a lot more things that I could discuss there's a lot of Roblox challenges that I had to overcome things that I had to learn But overall, it's just been a great experience and it just taught me so much and gave me something to do. And that's something I see a lot. Um, Like people ask me, how do you run this YouTube channel while you're a full-time student? For me, it's not even a question. It's all I've ever done. All I've ever done since I was in university, other than pretty much the first month or two, is run this YouTube channel while I'm here. This is just... Life this is the reality this is what I'm used To doing you know these long working days Don't feel like long working days because I enjoy what I'm doing a majority Of the time now don't get me wrong there's some stuff On YouTube that I don't enjoy or some things that Are tedious and I don't want to do But a majority of it I enjoy and I See the value and that's why I continue To do it and that's what I try to encourage people that are my age um, that's what this podcast is hopefully going to do for some of you guys is give you some motivation to just get up and do something I didn't start this YouTube channel or this online platform because I wanted to be famous or because I wanted to make money or anything like that I started it because I wanted to have some purpose in my life I wanted to do something I wanted something to be meaningful and I think a lot of people miss that and that misguides a lot of people especially when they're students because all they're doing all day is grinding for an exam or grinding for a test or grinding for just something that they don't even really enjoy and I think having a really good hobby and something that you can progress in and grow in is really meaningful and that's what's allowed me to keep going right there's no question if I'm gonna get a video out or if I'm gonna continue to post on YouTube of course I'm gonna do that because that's all I've ever done and to me it's just such a meaningful thing and has opened up so many opportunities that I never could have even imagined had happened So I think I'm going to wrap the episode up here. This is really just an introduction. I just wanted to kind of give you guys a little bit of a background on me. Talk about, you know, the way that I approach things, the way that I think about things, how I'm doing, what I'm doing right now, why I'm doing it, and hopefully get you excited about this podcast. I mean this was the first solo one This is just me talking to a microphone I guarantee you the next ones will likely be more entertaining Because we'll have some back and forth And have some different perspectives And I'll have someone to bounce something off of It's a lot more difficult to just talk to a camera and a microphone By yourself for this long without any cuts Right um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. This is timeout with Tim. This has been episode one. I hope you guys enjoy. Do leave a comment. If you're watching on YouTube, if you guys are on any of these anchor platforms, I think you can potentially comment or leave a rating or something like that. And that would be great. And hopefully you guys will tune in and hear the next episode of timeout with Tim.